Austin Found is sponsored by the LBJ Presidential Library. Listen to the library's new podcast, With the Bark Off, conversations from the LBJ Presidential Library. Candid and revealing episodes will be added each week. Subscribe for free in your preferred podcast app. Literally an institution in this town of digging up old photos, old stories, collections, everything you can imagine under the sun about this great city. Greasy spoons, dives, old clubs. If you love this city, you're going to love it even more. Real people, real stories, real places. This is the Austin Found Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. We do appreciate you tuning in. I know there's a lot of choices out there in podcast world for you to listen to. So thanks for joining us. I'm J.B. Hager. And I'm Michael Barnes. From the Austin American Statesman. And, and, I, and I love, Michael, that you chose to do the story now. As we're sitting here, it's, uh, it's July of uh, 2020 and in a very heated protests in, in the black community globally, mm-hmm. and definitely here being the capital, about Black Lives Matter uh, agenda. And, it, and so this is a great time to do this story, and any time is a good time to do this story. But at one time in Austin, it was a heated debate about changing 19th Street to MLK Boulevard. Absolutely. Uh, we had no MLK monuments, no buildings named after him, seven years after his death. And and, that and, was, and by that time, most cities had done most something. Most cities had done something. Mm-hmm. And we just did not. And then the Black Citizens Council and Wilhelmina Dalko, who was a pioneering uh, um, black uh, legislator, and before that on the, on the school board, which we've uh, talked about in another episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she uh, brought it to the city council. Uh, and not only to change the name of 19th Street to MLK, but the whole of 19th Street. It was originally in the city plan. It was Magnolia Street because all the east-west streets were named for trees. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 6th Street was Pecan Street. And that's where we get the Pecan Street Festival and right, so forth. Right. So it was Magnolia Street, and it was the edge of town uh, to the north uh, of the city grid. Magnolia Street was changed to 19th in the late 19th century when all those streets were changed to uh, numerical streets. But the idea was it, it's a prominent street within uh, Black East Austin. And so why not use it to honor MLK? And just uh, to remind you, the, the uh, Martin Luther King assassination was April 4th, 1968. Seven years have gone by. So we're dipping well into the right, 70s. Right. And we haven't made this change. And because other cities had done it, it wasn't very difficult to get the, the stretch of, of East 19th, east of I-35, changed. That happened like overnight. But the merchants and other people on the west side of I-35 opposed it. They used a lot of the same arguments that are used, you know, when we talk about Confederate statues or the names of buildings or names of other streets that, oh, it's going to cost money and mm-hmm. it disrespects its former. Oh, we've so. got to change our letterhead with our right, business right. address. That, that's always a great winning argument. Oh, my God. And also right. it went right past the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. And the University of Texas had a long, long history of racism. 
the the school didn't come out against the renaming that I know about. Mm. Uh, I haven't dug di- deep enough into the archives at the Briscoe Center, but there might be a letter floating around. Oh yeah, somewhere, right. You know, uh, our colleague uh, Asher Price is finding all these fantastic mm. stuff in the University of Texas archives related to desegregation because of his Earl Campbell because book, of his right? Earl Campbell book and he just kept going and he kept finding more letters between presidents of universities how do you handle swimming pools how do you handle this how do you handle that mm-hmm. dating there was a, a great deal of, of consternation about the arrival of the first african-american students on campus in, in all honesty the the businesses did not want to change the name it had nothing to do with the cost of Changing your no, they advertising, just didn't want to be on MLK. and that's but that's what they were. Their dig would, at straws was, oh, we have to change our yeah. our ads, our artwork, our right, right. okay. They even went so far uh, that I read in Indelible Austin, your book. They didn't want to change even the bridge, yeah. and their argument was. Martin Luther King Jr. is much larger, and we would have to make larger signs, which would cost more. A lot more money. Hundreds and more money to affix them to the bridge. Right. Like, they were grabbing at anything. They, they grabbed at a lot of crazy stuff, including eventually trying to argue that they owned the street that they paid for the street. And they had a crazy historical accuracy about this in that... When Austin streets were paved, we were such a low-budget city that owners of the properties, we've talked about this Mm -hmm. before on the show, the owners of the property paid for the service of having Mm -hmm. the street in front of their place paved. The uh, city uh, attorney came back and said, no, no, this is the right of way. This uh, belongs to the public. Now that bridge comes into play because there's a very important name in this story, and that's J.J. Seabrook. Yes, he had been the president of Houston Tillotson University, Houston Tillotson College at that time, I believe. He was a very respected member of the community, and he came before city council to just give a a speech in favor of of changing the the whole of 19th Street, including the bridge. And he had a heart attack on the dais. And Emily Lynn, who was a very, very new uh, uh, city council person at the time, maybe in her first weeks, she was the second woman ever to be elected to Austin City Council. Emily Lynn was the first responder on the scene. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Forgive me for laughing. It's, I'm sure it's still painful for his family. It was a very, very uh, touch-and-go situation there, and he later died. While he was fighting this fight to get the, yes, the street yeah. naming. And now today, when you cross that bridge over I-35... It's called the J.J. Seabrook Bridge. And then there is a street deeper in East Austin, a J.J. Seabrook Avenue mm-hmm. as well. He, he was a very important part of the Wesley United Methodist Church community, which had a lot of the leading figures of East Austin as members of that congregation. I will just do a little quick swerve to the side because we'll get back to her another day. But Emily Lynn is a total hoot. Okay. She's a total character, and she should be on the show when we have guests, when the pandemic is over. When things get back to normal. So anyway, she grew up in Rock Springs, which is in the uh, on the Edwards Plateau, very remote, very, very rural. And she was just this tom girl who just tore up the neighborhoods and was a, 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 an interesting character. 
she went on to play basketball for UT in the 50s, and she did all these amazing things in the world of education. She was one of the urban pioneers along uh, East 6th Street in terms of turning one of those great old buildings into a residence. So mm. she turned the old St. Charles Hotel into a residence. That's where the pizza place next to the Ritz is. She, second woman, voted on the city council. She's still around and a great, great storyteller. Oh, that would be on. incredible. That would be incredible. Austin Found is brought to you by the LBJ Presidential Library. More info at lbjlibrary.org. And then eventually it did all get renamed as MLK Boulevard, going all the way till it ends at Lamar. Right. Correct. Exactly. But that took a a great effort. And, you know, compare it to the years and years and years that it took to change Manchac to Menchaca. Mm -hmm. Uh, To remind you, it was named after a Mexican leader whose last name was Menchaca and landowner, land grant claimant. You know, over the years, it just, uh, as things do in our language, it just evolved into Manchaca and then Manchac, just yeah. shortened. <laughs> and and people will, t- when I moved to town in the 80s, and surely when you were growing up, you could only call it Manchac. Or people didn't know what you were talking people about. People didn't know what you're talking right, about. Right, right. And then several great leaders in the historical community, including Judge Perkins, who we should have on the show, a wonderful storyteller, just wouldn't let go and just said it's a disrespect to this man and his heritage to have his name is spelled on the street right yeah not just so people know not only were we saying it wrong it <laughs> was spell spelled it. wrong exactly. forever forever and, and and then we're talking about this not being corrected until last year that's Two, right 2019 yeah. some of the signs are still being changed Wow. But they used a lot of the same arguments. Oh, it's too expensive yeah. to change our letterhead. And businesses, I do remember businesses saying, oh, I've got to change my stuff. The city said, no, you don't have to change it. You know, <laughs> your mail will still come to you. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not right. like, you know, when you need new letterhead, then correct the spelling. Letter- but but I, I don't uh, think letterhead is near as expensive as it used uh, to be. So. But there's a lot of <laughs> cultural you know, content in names. Mm-hmm. And we, we were, were running across it as we talked earlier uh, over and over again. You know, what do we call this building? What do we call this street? What do we call this city? Mm-hmm. There's a history behind all of that. And that history is constantly being updated and, and scrutinized and reconsidered. Well, very interesting stuff. And now we understand the uh, the story behind Martin Luther King Boulevard and Seabrook Bridge as, right. you, as you cross right. it. Uh, pay attention to that next time and you'll know why. We do love getting mail from you. Here's one that came in uh, from Wes Brayfogle. It says, great podcast. It brings up so many great memories growing up in Austin in the 70s. I loved your coverage of Tumbleweed one of our birthday places, and The Stallion. We went there weekly. <laughs> it does amaze me that so few recall the places existing, even if we grew up in Austin. I'm sure you get a lot of suggestions, but here are a few. All right? Beans. It was, was located where Mako and the Belmont is now yes, on West 6. It, it was still around when I came to town. Oh, okay. It was good. The menu was a, a giant can of beans, <laughs> and I seem to recall two-for-one burgers. Here's one I remember, Jalisco right, by, by Palmer Auditorium. 
Airport Haven Burgers near Fox Theater. Yeah, I don't remember that one. <laughs> That's off Airport Boulevard by the Mercedes dealership. Right. This guy knows his stuff. And one more, Ponchos. That may have been a chain, but worthy of a good one. That a was a chain. I remember those in DFW area. Yeah. The last one in town that I remember was at, in the Twin Oak Shopping Center, uh, Caddy Corner, the ATB at Old Torfin and South Congress. I was never tempted to go in. <laughs> I, I had several bad experiences at the ponchos in Houston. Right. You know, I had I had friends who would go regularly. It was an all-you-can-eat place. It was like, an all-you-can-eat uh, place. But all-you-can-eat of food that was barely edible. So, right. And always gave you stomach problems right. later. Uh, Wes goes on to say, I was a bit young, but my parents went to the Silver Dollar on Burnett Road to country dance almost every Friday uh-huh. night. I always dreamed of going there when I got older. But alas, it was closed by the time I was of age. (laughs) That's a great email. Magical. Thank you, Wes. If you'd like to send an email to us, you can hit us up. mbarnes, B-A-R-N-E-S, at statesman.com. Or jhager, H-A-G-E-R, at statesman.com. And pick up your copies of Indelible Austin. Absolutely. The three volumes, the, the histories of Austin that I wrote, are at Book People and other outlets, and even during the pandemic, during the lockdown, uh, um, Book People is sending them out, and also you can pick them up a curbside service. And that story we did today from uh, about Martin Luther King Boulevard was from Volume 2. Of Indelible Austin. But you really want all of the volumes, I promise you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in, and tell your friends about Austin Found. We appreciate it. Happy trails. 